When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. New message. Hey, girlfriend, it's Carol from Jury Duty. We never actually spoke, but I saw you ordered the same hoagie as me at lunch. What are the chances? Anywho, I heard you just got a boat. We should totally grab some hoagies and take it out for a spin. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. Buckle up, baby, because today we are in for a bumpy ride. So much to get to today, including why Caitlin Bristow was in my DMs this week. Yeah, you heard that right. Uh, We also have a special guest today, Nicole Moore. She is a celebrity love and relationship coach. She has worked with some of our favorite reality TV stars. She is going to give us the tea on some of the biggest Hollywood breakups, hottest Hollywood couples. Let me tell you guys, we're going to learn some things today about love. If you are new here, how this usually works is we do a pop three, which is the three biggest headlines in pop culture this week, a deep dive, which I take submissions every single week uh, through my followers on social media, primarily my Instagram page at Morgan P Talks. And then the last portion, I do whatever I want because I live life on the edge. But today, going to be a little bit different than what we're used to. So here's what I mean by it'll be a little different. There has been Tons of breakups lately. One of the contenders for the deep dive this week was James and Raquel's split. I'm going to talk about that in the pop three, but Nicole has some really, really great content about why these two didn't work out. And since she is the expert, I'm going to leave it up to her. And then our deep dive this week, I got to tell you about why Caitlin Bristow was writing me novels in my DMs. So let's get into it first. Here is this week's pop three. Tristan Thompson is still the scum of the earth. It is alleged that TT cheated on Coco on his 30th birthday, got his personal trainer, uh, Marlene Nichols pregnant. She has given birth to the child. Now they're fighting about child support. He sent her these nasty messages about taking $75,000 to stay quiet instead of getting child support because he's retiring next year. Uh, We have all seen 
this as of now. Well, the latest is that Tristan has filed for an emergency gag order in his paternity case. In the paperwork, he filed in Harris County, Texas. He wants a court order to keep them from speaking on the case while it plays out. He's also accusing her, Marley, of trying to achieve some sort of notoriety and gain for herself in this lawsuit. Oh, yeah. We love the blame game, don't we? Tristan, talk about someone who has never taken any accountability for anything he has ever done in his life. And you have Tristan Thompson. And by the way, she's not using this for notoriety. If she was going to do that, she would have came out with a story, I don't know, when she was three months pregnant, four months pregnant, five months pregnant. She just had the baby last weekend. And here's a thought. If you didn't get her pregnant, you wouldn't be in this mess in the first place, Tristan. Is something wrong with him? Like, legit. Is he a sex addict? Is he... I mean, we all know that he is a womanizer. But I just... I just... It's shocking, but it's not shocking. You know what I mean? And of course, Chloe's back to posting her uh, Instagram story, words of positivity. Or She's like, I don't have time for negative energy. Yeah, of course you don't. Chloe, we really believe you. Uh, moving on to headline number two, Dorit Kemsley is reacting to her husband PK's DUI. According to Dorit, PK, quote, was barely over the limit. Now, I'll get into that in a second. But PK, what are you doing, baby? Anytime I talk about PK, I just want to say baby like Dorit. PK, what are you doing, baby? Driving about like you don't got a brain in your skull. Uh, Dorit was at the PCAs. That's the People's Choice Awards. And she said, this is a quote, he's very regretful. He fully understands the nature and the danger of drinking and driving. She also said, he was barely over the limit and he fully understands and reassures me that it will never happen again. At first, I was like, Dorit, that comment, not necessary. Like he was barely over the limit. Like you just don't need to say that. But then I read on page six that he was pulled over off Laurel Canyon and initially blew a 0.081 during the breathalyzer test. The legal limit in California is 0.08. Okay, listen to that again. The legal limit in California is 0.08. He blew a 0.081. So she isn't wrong in saying that he was barely over the limit. I'm not saying that that is an excuse. I'm not saying that it was right. He clearly, like, the law is the law. You can't you can't be over .08, even if it is .081. Uh, PK was then arrested and taken to a police station where he then blew a .073. He was held at the station for an hour before being driven home. Alan Jackson told Page Six on Tuesday, while out with a business colleague, PK consumed a glass of wine with dinner. Following a traffic stop, it was determined that he may have been close to the legal limit. He regrets the fact that he did not take alternative transportation home that evening. PK takes the allegations extremely seriously and fully cooperated with the authorities. He also said this would mark the first and only such incident in PK's long driving history. He has learned a valuable lesson. I'm not a huge um, drinker, so I don't know like what like equates. Would one glass of wine with dinner make you have a point oh eight one? I don't know. And then also, 
you know, during a traffic stop, it was determined that he may have been close to the legal limit. Like, how do you figure that out? The only time that I have ever been in in a situation like this, and if my mom's listening, she's absolutely going to die. No, I didn't drink and drive, but I was the designated driver at the time. And I was 21 and all my friends were 21. So I got pulled over for, for doing like 35 in like a 25. You know what I mean? Just one of those. And I obviously hadn't been drinking at all, but all of my friends in the backseat were drunk. So they're checking their IDs because the majority of them are 21. And we all were 21 at the time. But because I was driving, I was the only one that was then taken into the cop car, not like the back of it, but like the passenger seat. And, you know, they did the eye test where he's like, follow my eyes. And I'm like, beep, 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 you know, following him around. You know, I'm like sober as a whistle. I don't know if that's a term, but it is now. So I just I just wonder following the traffic stop, it was determined that he may have been close to the legal limit. Like, what does that mean? Could he not follow the finger? I don't know. But anyways, that's what Dorit had to say about PK's DUI. Coming in in number three, guys, this was so close to being this week's deep dive. It would have been if uh, Caitlin Bristow wasn't in my DMs, but James and Raquel have called off their engagement. This is a mini deep dive, okay? Vanderpump Rule stars James Kennedy and Raquel Levis have called off their engagement. Apparently, this happened at the reunion. Uh, the caption that they both posted to Instagram says, after these five wonderful years we had together, we decided we have two different goals and made the decision to call off the engagement. We love each other very much, but we aren't in love anymore. We want nothing but the best for each other. So please keep any thoughts positive, sending love. Let's look at a couple of key phrases here. Two different goals. And, and when we say two different goals, T-W-O, like the number. So did they sit down and say, this is my goal. Nope. This is my goal. Oh, we can't be together. It took you five years to figure out what your goals are. If you only have two of them, surely it couldn't have been that hard to figure out. And what are they? James's goals to be a successful DJ, hopefully to remain sober. Raquel's goals. I honestly don't know. Do you? That's what I thought. The next day, Raquel rage posting. Not really, but I just wanted to make a play on words on the rage texting formerly brought to us by Katie Maloney. But she was posting a lot on her Instagram story videos of her moving out. Like she was ready to get the heck out of there the next day. So that makes me feel like it it might not be all rainbows and butterflies and compromise that moves us along, as Adam Levine would say. One thing I am surprised about in this, the reports that are coming out is that this happened by Raquel at the Vanderpump Rules reunion. If this was Raquel's doing, I'm surprised that she would do it on camera at the reunion. I don't know. And it's like, yes, these people are reality TV stars, but to end your engagement on camera at a reunion seems kind of kind of weird. Like in my opinion, I think that it would happen behind closed doors and that they would address it at the reunion. And maybe that's the case. But as of right now, all the reports that I've seen said that she ended it at the reunion. Um, James did like a little follow-up post on his Instagram. He said, not sure what I'm going to do, but I do know one thing. I will continue my journey without alcohol. I really hope so. I really, really, really hope so. So what happened? How are you not in love anymore? After five years and six months of engagement, 
this whole season, they're like googly eyes over each other. And I went back and rewatched a couple of episodes before I recorded this podcast. James calls Raquel the love of his life. Raquel talks about starting a family with James. So what happened? You know, and and going back and watching it, I don't think it's that hard to figure out because even though James is sober, he definitely still has some demons. You know, Ariana was on Watch What Happens Live this week, and she said, um, and this is a quote, she said, I think when he stopped drinking and became sober, but there were other issues that he was not going to. His refusal to go to real therapy is a huge red flag for me. I agree with that. I mean, we're we're watching him find ways to cope with his rage on the show. You know, he seems very agitated a lot of the times. I have a soft spot for James. Look, I don't agree with the way he talks to Raquel at all, and there isn't any excuse for it. Honestly, there's not. But I feel like you can see that he's in pain in his real life. And like anybody with a heart, that makes me sad for him. You know, kind of like Lisa Vanderbump, I root for James. But I think he's going to have to dig a little deeper to really get to the real root of his issues because I feel like, yes, he does have an issue with alcohol, but I feel like maybe his issues with alcohol is what he's using to mask the real issue. Do you get what I mean? There's a real issue deep down inside there, and he was using alcohol to try to cover that up. So even though he's sober, he's still not dealing with the roots. Addiction is so hard, you guys, especially when you are DJing nightclubs and constantly hanging around these binge drinking sessions that are being taped for reality television, which, by the way, seems to be the only thing they do on Vanderpump Rules anymore or have these parties and get drunk. They're like in their 40s. It's it's not fun to watch anymore. I mean, they're not in their 40s and I'm not age shaming. If you want to get drunk at age 40, do it. I'm just saying like there doesn't really seem to be a lot, anything else going on in Vanderpump Rules. So anytime that somebody goes down the path of sobriety, I respect them because it's tough. It's really, really tough. And I have a soft spot for them because I know that it is tough. Um, I'm going to put a pin in it here because Nicole, our celebrity love guru, is going to talk more about James and Raquel a little bit later, um, a little bit of the red flags and warning signs. It's super interesting. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our deep dive that has me straight up embarrassed. A different type of deep dive this week. Um, Not really a listener question, but y'all wanted to know why Caitlin Bristow, former Bachelorette and current host of The Bachelorette, was in my DMs this week. Let me set the scene for you. I'm laying on the couch watching the men tell all the next day because I do not stay up past 8 o'clock. I was on my Instagram story gushing over Rodney because he's Rodney and we have no choice But to gush, when I see that Rodney followed me, so that I was so preoccupied with that. So him and I start chatting a little bit in the DMs. Nothing juicy, I promise you. It was like only one message back and forth. He just said like, thanks for the support. Your page is funny, yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to write back to him. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the blue check mark. The blue check mark. You know what I mean? I Like imagine horror music is in the background of what I'm about to say to you right now because straight out of a horror film. I do a quick glance. And it's Caitlin. 
but it did not register to me at first what was going on. I thought maybe I had messaged her or tagged her in a story or something because I do that with these celebrities all the time and they never see it, like obviously. Uh, Then I go back to my DMs and I see that she has messaged me books. When I say books, I mean three very long messages. I had to scroll for each one. And I was like, what in the world could Caitlin Bristow be sending me novels about? And then it hit me. I was roasting her on my Instagram story the night before. They dropped that teaser of Caitlin asking Tasha about the end of her engagement. And look, I still stand by the fact that that whole thing felt really awkward, right? It was. It just was. I was reacting to that promo. So it wasn't the full episode. You guys know what I'm talking about. It was that little teaser clip of when of when it all went down, when Caitlin turns to Tasha and we realize, okay, Tasha actually is going to talk about Zach at the mental all. So uh, I'm going to play the audio for you from my Instagram story, what I was saying about Caitlin. Here it is. Also, of course, I'm – Excited to see what Taisha has to say tonight about Zach, but how, like, rehearsed and scripted is Caitlin? Taisha, you're not wearing your engagement ring. What's going on in your relationship with Zach? I actually went back and watched it. Caitlin literally looks at the wrong camera. She's looking at this camera. She's like, Taisha, Taisha's sitting next to her. Taisha, there's been a lot of speculation. I mean, just brutal. Let me remind you all, I am not famous. I don't have a blue check mark. I'm a normal girl with a normal job who makes zero dollars posting videos about reality TV online. I live by myself in a borderline retirement home because all my neighbors are over 75 years old and I eat Mrs. T's pierogies for dinner at least twice a week. Why would I ever think that Caitlin Bristow would be watching my Instagram stories? Never. Never. Okay, so here is what she says. And this is her response to me saying it sounded scripted. She says, I'll tell you why. That moment was uncomfortable to be in, but it was up to Tasha and producers and they wanted to. So I'm in this weird position to just pivot from Rodney to this. Don't worry, it felt scripted to me too, and that's one of the hardest things for me about hosting. For six years, I've been able to just be me, and now I'm having to take on a professional role, so I'm learning. Next message. Also, it got thrown in so last minute, and I didn't look at the wrong camera. I looked at the right one and then realized how scripted it felt to read the teleprompter, so that's when I turned to her. Next message. Okay. I'm done explaining myself now. Haha. I just am so new to this. So I need a little grace sometimes and I wish I was better. I'm so hard on myself in this role. End of messages. Well, don't I feel like an absolute idiot. Okay. We did talk a little bit more because I wanted to really understand what she was saying here. And I want to be clear. She said producers did not make her ask Tasha about Zach. She said she had a voice in the opinion, but that she did it because Tasha was comfortable with it. That said, this is now my own interpretation of things. Okay. So that is Caitlin's explanation on why she did it, why it maybe felt a little bit awkward watching it. 
Here's what I think. Just because production wanted her to, and just because Tasha said it was fine for her to, doesn't mean that it would be easy or natural for Caitlyn to do that under the circumstances. It's live. It's your very good friend in her very public breakup. How do you navigate that situation without it being a little awkward? It's an awkward thing to do, period. I also think that both Tasha and Caitlyn, they want to do a good job. And they do a really good job. They really do. But would they ever tell production no? And I don't want to use the words people pleasers because that's not that's not the exact term that I'm looking for. But I think it's very possible that this is the dream job for both Caitlin and Tasha. So anything the producers ask, they're going to want to say yes because A, they don't want to let them down because they're too nice, respectful women in entertainment. So they don't want to let the network down by saying, no, I don't want to talk about this breakup or no, I don't want to ask Tasha about that on this live special. And they want to keep their standing with the franchise. Why did Tasha do it then? I mean, like I said, I don't think she would want to tell them no. I don't see Tasha being like, no, just no, I don't want to do this. I feel like she would be like, you know, maybe rationalizing it by saying like, you know, this show is what brought us together. You know, I do owe people an explanation, which she really doesn't. I mean, and I'm the biggest hypocrite when it comes to this because, of course, I want to know everything about their breakup. I was a Zaysha stan, still am, but she doesn't really owe it to anybody, the intimate details of their relationship. Another big criticism of this online is, People think it took away from Michelle in the moment. Do I think that? I can see why people would say that, but I don't think that it did because ABC had their opportunity. They had Tasha sitting right there in the hot seat. If not now, when? I think it would have been a lot worse if they used after the final rose to do it. I feel like that would have taken away from Michelle because at that point, you know, the season's wrapped up, it's over. You know, I love the After the Final Rose. It's my favorite episode. And I feel like you only have two options if you want ABC to get the exclusive. One's at the Mental All and one's at After the Final Rose. So I think the Mental All was the right choice if they were going to do it. At the end of the day, Kaylin and I hugged it out. <laughs> she said she loved my videos. And she did give me permission to share this story with you all. So there's the tea. All right, you guys, it's time. So excited to have Nicole Moore, celebrity love and relationship coach. She is a body language expert, a love expert, and advisor extraordinaire. She has worked with some of our favorite reality TV stars. She's been featured in Cosmo. She's been featured in Poosh. Too many publications to name. So we're just going to go through the biggest breakups, the hottest couples in Hollywood. Please welcome Nicole Moore. So excited to talk with you, Nicole, because it feels like the breakup new couple scene in Hollywood is absolutely insane right now. So you guys, if you don't follow Nicole, you're a celebrity love and relationship coach. Before we get into all of the juicy gossip, tell us what you do on a daily basis. I help people with their love lives on a daily basis. So that's one <laughs> of the things that I do. My clients have me on voice messenger and they'll send me messages like, ah, I'm freaking out about this guy. What do I do? Or like, I want to send a text to my boyfriend that's really rude. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's reel it back in. So my job really truly is 
reeling in the craziness that people want to do in their love lives and helping them, you know, go down the path of love (laughs) so that they can either find the right person or keep them. So on a daily basis, the conversations are like, I'm never going to find anyone. I'm having so much doubt crying to me. Like I went on a date and this guy ghosted me and I thought he was the one, that kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And then other than that, other than helping people creating content and I'm working on a show right now. So Lots of different things, but yeah, helping the craziness end is my job pretty much. How did you get into this? Um, so I, I worked in public relations for like five years. I went to college for that and I was like, I really don't want to do this. And then I was that person that was like at work and searching for other things. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, um, I came across life coaching and at the time I was young ish to me. Now I was like 25 or something or 26 and I, I, I didn't know about life coaching. And then I went to a seminar and this girl's like, I'm going to be a life coach and I'm 24. And I was like, what? Like you can do that. So. I quit my job. I went to life coaching school. At the time, I was in a relationship with somebody who I thought was my soulmate. And I thought, I have this amazing love. He was not. He was an emotionally abusive, serial cheating narcissist. And I don't use that word word lightly, but I wanted to spread love. And weirdly, like when I first started trying to just put myself out there, every single woman wanted to talk about love pretty much exclusively, even though I'm like, I'm a life coach. So it all kind of like came together. And that was just my area where I really found I could help women the most. And honestly, like people, if their love life isn't working, it affects the rest of their life. Like, I don't know how these people do it. (laughs) So true. And how did you get into the celebrity love game, if you will? Um, I mean, I've always been like into that kind of stuff. Like I always looked at us magazine when I was younger. And then I just kind of like, I work with so many women and I'm like, I want to work with these kinds of women. So I started putting myself in these places just kind of happened randomly where then I signed this client and I signed this client. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm working with a lot of people in reality. (laughs) Like I didn't really plan on necessarily, but I did intentionally put myself in places where celebrities would be. That is 100% true. And then I just started, I have like a card deck. Like I, I do love Oracle readings as well. So I would do card readings for them and I would just like talk to them about their love lives. And then it kind of was a snowball effect. Once I started working with some, then I started working with others and it went from, went from there. The reality thing wasn't planned. It's just who I happened to end up talking to. And I assume you can't tell us who any of your clients are. No, but um, you've seen some of them like getting, you've seen some of them in the the news and some of them have been on shows in the, in the past. And um, I can, I never share anything other than sometimes I'll share stories about like women <laughs> and um, I'll say, oh, well, their guy didn't like that they were in Us Magazine and that caused a problem. But I never share like intimate personal details because, you know, it's intimate. Right. Client privilege, obviously. Yes. Uh, yes it's yes, interesting yes. that you say that about Us Weekly because I want to get into some of the big breakups. You are the expert. So I feel like it has just been insane recently with Hollywood breakups. And you actually predicted this split months ago, Zach and Tasha, mm-hmm, And, you know, she mm-hmm. was on the Men's Hell All earlier this week, kind of, you know, 
giving her side of things. But I have my own opinions on what I think happened, but I want to see if they align with what you think. We'll test my love expertise. <laughs> I analyze their body language. That's one of the other things I do is I analyze body language for like different, you know, publications and stuff. And um, I, okay, first of all, I'll say this about Taisha. She's like a, she's lovely and she's such a light. I just think that sometimes when she's smiling, it's a cover up. Like I, I think she's perfected that. Like I'm happy and I'm, and she knows how to turn it on. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I could, I feel like that was happening for a while. I think, listen, former addicts usually are very, not all of them, but there's this in, intensity. There can be sometimes a negativity. And she was like this, she's rising, she's rising, she's rising, she's rising. And he's in a certain position. He doesn't want to be that public, you know? So I, I, I just never saw it working that well between them because I think their temperaments are different. And when you, if you fall in love at a resort, it's easy. <laughs> There's nothing else out there. Um, but I think that I, I, my guess is that he was a little bit too intense for her because she doesn't like to play in the realm of deep emotions as much as maybe he likes to. That's really interesting. Do you think, you know, I liked what you said about falling in love at a resort. The Bachelor franchise in general, do you think that that is a good place for somebody to find an everlasting relationship? Not if they have emotional issues, which most of them do, <laughs> you know? So I think The Bachelor perpetuates the idea that all you need to find, all you need to do to have a great love life is to just magically be put in front of the right person. But most of the people coming in, aside from, I don't even care about this like here for the right reasons thing, because I just kind of assume they all also want to be famous, but they might also want to find, like, I'm not mad at them for wanting to be famous or anything, because it's like mm. the two come together. But I think that just going on a show, if you have avoidance issues, it's like Dale and Claire, right? It's like, she has, he has avoidance issues. She's not healed. Like it's not going to work just because they meet, they meet. So, um, I wish they would have somebody helping them, but then I think they wouldn't have a show because then they would actually be healed and there wouldn't be, um, there wouldn't be a lot of drama. I think it'd be interesting if it was like people who have had some healing work who are maybe a little bit older or maybe they went through some divorces or whatever. I mean, who knows? Cause Brendan was divorced and he's like, a whole other sad thing. So I, I think it would be different if they were not young people who've done no personal, you know, development work for the most part. Did you watch um, Bachelor in Paradise this past season? Only a little bit, but I saw everything on social media. Like I watched all of the social media stuff. I just didn't watch all the episodes and I was like rooting for, okay, I think I was, I think I was influenced by Brendan's hotness, to be honest. <laughs> it was like, weren't we all? Um, but it was, I was like, whoa, like, the, and I was thinking about Tasha because I'm like, okay, how much she must have felt bad about that as well. Like she almost wanted him to be the one. So I know she was probably feeling like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Like, am I just picking the wrong guys because it didn't work out with Zach and then Brendan is some kind of shadiness happening there. So do you think there were four couples that got engaged? I believe, are you familiar with any of them enough to, to have predictions on maybe which one you think will last? I, I think Riley and the one that he's with probably are the Marissa. most normal. 
Um, <laughs> of them all, I don't know about Serena. I mean, I don't know. I think that probably statistically one out of four of them will, will last. But I think that, listen, if they, if they got counseling or they did some work on themselves, I think they would have a fair shot. I think that it's like most people, like most mm. people's don't, relationships don't work. There's nothing different about these people. You're just, you're seeing all their stuff on air, but they're like everybody else that's out there. Right. I mean, I just feel like the Bachelor franchise, especially now, the track record has just gotten so terrible that it's time to change gears or it's just it's just not going to work anymore. Yeah. They need a good story. They need a, they need a success story that like inspires everyone again about what's possible. I want to move on. I want to switch gears to another reality show that we all love here on Morgan's Pop Talks. That is Vanderpump Rules because we have had two very huge breakups within the past couple of weeks. Of course, we had Lala and Randall. We had James and Raquel. <sighs> Were you surprised by either one of these? What's your thoughts on both of these splits? Okay. So Lala and Randall, yes, because only because of the way that she would always talk about him. He makes me feel like I'm the most amazing in the world. I feel like the pact there was like, I'm this hot woman and I'm going to be with you even though you're not attractive because you're providing me with like, I know she says he didn't provide money security, but you're providing me with emotional security and that. And it's like, Randall, you were supposed to keep up your side of the bargain. Like, do you not realize like that? I feel like that was the deal going in energetically. I know I'm so much hotter than you, but I'm going to be with you because you're supposed to be providing me this. So I can only imagine that Lala feels slapped in the face. I was looking at some of the stuff of like the text messages that he would mm -hmm. send people. This is far beyond just a guy who's cheating, like the send me pictures, I'll send you $500. Like I've gotten those messages. I don't know if you get these messages where people email you on Instagram, like I'll be your sugar daddy. Like <laughs> I get those messages sometimes. And like to think that he's on that vibration is really, really um, sad. I like that Lala left. I think it's important for people who love her and follow her to see that, you know, like she's a strong figure at the end of the day. Um, but it was a little bit surprising only because she, I didn't think he was like this horrible dude on the back end. I didn't think he was like anything that great, but I didn't think he was so horrible. Now, James, I mean, okay. If anybody's surprised that it didn't work out between James and Raquel, she's so sweet, but it's like, the at some point the na naivete has to end but then i was looking and she's 26 and she started when she was 21 with him so it's like we've mm -hmm. all had that right i ha i mean yeah. i've gone through stuff when i was younger where i wasn't like i wasn't i mean hello i was with a narcissist and i thought i was with my soulmate so um i understand just the thing is, is that there's there's footage of james being a dick to so many other women on the franchise so like that's the part where it's like you see this you see how he is. Are you thinking that your love is going to save him or something? Because it's not. James, to me, feels like the person who thinks the rules don't apply to him. He 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 just like he you know, those people, sometimes they're favored for some reason. And he just slides by on yeah. so being somewhat attractive and somewhat charming. 
and he doesn't have to do any real work, you know, and she deserves better, but she also needs to be smarter. And Lala actually called her out on that and she looked like a bitch, but Lala was right. Yeah, it's very interesting. I have points that I kind of want to follow up with both of these. Uh, If you guys don't know if you're listening and you're like, what are these texts she's talking about? There was this huge story this past week that Randall had been using a burner account to message girls to be somewhat of a sugar daddy, whatever, just grossness all around. But I now, of course, I was surprised by the like level of it because I don't think anyone was expecting him to be messaging thousands of women, maybe. But, you know, if you think back to how Lala and Randall got together, there are some similarities. I mean, remember, they went out the first night. The next day, she he bought her a Range Rover. So to me, you never want to be the person to say, like, you know, how you get them is how you mm-hmm. will lose them. But what do you think about that? Was that maybe some foreshadowing of things to come for Lala? I do. And I think that it's like she probably thought that she was special, you know, and like he was mm. doing these things for her because she's special. And really, she was just getting more of it than like the other women were getting. I do think that. Listen, are there there are exceptions where it's like there's people where they both cheated on their spouses and now they're together and they're so happy. Like those examples are out there. But for the most part, it's like Chloe and Tristan. Look what's happening right now with Chloe and Tristan. It's like no one is surprised. And if you keep taking someone like that back over and over again. So what I think was happening with Lala, you know, she'll like take down stuff. She took down stuff from her Instagram before. I think that she probably had some sort of hint of something. And then this time she was actually done. I don't think she was completely shocked because she's done that before where she took stuff down, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you keep going back to those guys over and over again, at some point it starts to look like, it's like Chloe, it's like, come on, like what's wrong with you? I do think that most people who are cheaters, like real serial cheaters, they are not going to change. Can you cheat on somebody one time and be really upset about it? And like, it could be a mistake. Yes. But if you've had a history of serial cheating and doing all that stuff, you are not going to change. Do you see any chemistry? And this is a hypothetical because the question has been everywhere now that there is a single James and a single Lala. Do you see any chemistry between the two of them? I do. I think, I mean, I think they have a special relationship. Um, it's so important for Lala to be sober and I don't see a world where James stays sober, you know, hopefully, but I don't see that happening. I feel like it would be such a step down for her emotionally and all of that. And he would just hurt her in the same way. So maybe a hookup, you know, but if she enters into a relationship with him, there'd be nothing different and he would do the same thing, you know, to her. But definitely a hookup. I mean, they're both hot. (laughs) Okay, let's talk more about hookups. Let's get into maybe the more positive side of these Hollywood relationships these days. Also, a lot of hot celebrity couples coming out of the year 2021. Do you have one that you think is just the real deal that they are going to be endgame? I really like Courtney and Travis, you know, like I, I really like them together. So one thing that I do want to watch out for is like, I, I analyze her body language as well. And like in a lot of pictures, it's like he has his hand in her ass or there's this like possession-y thing that I think could be happening a little bit, or maybe that's part of their sexual relationship. Who knows? But I do think there's like a little bit of that kind of thing happening and she's changing a little bit like to be um, like him in her fashion, even though she says that it was, it was prior. But I do think 
like they seem to have a genuine kind of love and appreciation for each other. And she seems like light and happy and, and free when she's with him. And to me, that's a good sign. So I like them. I don't like Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I just think that that relationship has like a lot of wounding at its core. But um, I think Courtney and Travis have a good shot for sure. Can you maybe explain a little bit more in detail what you mean by that wounding? Okay. So uh, if you look at like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, what they'll say, it's like, he needs me to keep him up at night. So he's not like, you know, even though he's still doing drugs, I don't know what this whole thing is about being sober, but like, you know, he, and, and like he, it's like almost like he, he's like, he needs, she thinks he needs her to be in this position for like him to be exalted and him to be okay. And they're so like codependent with each other, you know, like mm. they just were, they just, I mean, I know it's fashion, but they just came out like on the red carpet with like their pinkies connected. <laughs> yeah. Literally chained to each other. Like, like, how is yeah. anybody supposed to go to the bathroom under those circumstances? Uh, so when I say, yeah, when I say wounding, I mean, it's like it just to me feels like she's somehow compensating for cr like craziness within him. Like, you don't get a tattoo of like a slit of somebody like, you know, stabbing you down the neck. Usually, unless there are mm -hmm. some psychological, I'm not saying everybody who has a tattoo has psychological issues, but can you like there's something going on with you know machine gun kelly it's very very clear and i feel like megan fox likes the like obsessive and like i'm yeah. the only one for you kind of thing and she's getting something out of that what i like is that they seem to be like able to be entirely themselves with each other but i think there's an obsessiveness there that is not sustainable like can they keep this going for 20 years where they're so obsessed with each other I don't know. Yeah. Now, and this could just be, me. I mean, I am not a love expert in any sense of the word. I don't read body language. But to me, like the difference between Courtney and Travis and MGK and Megan Fox, Courtney and Travis seem really like light and MGK and Megan Fox seem dark. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. There's a lot of darkness there. Like, I just, like, I feel like there, and I think she said this in an article, like, he'll be, like, in a depressive state or something, and she's, like, up in the middle of the night, like, trying to talk him off of the ledge. That's, um, that's a lot to handle for anyone. The way she talks about him, my stunningly beautiful boy, it's like, he's not a god, but I feel like she thinks he's a god, you know? And so mm. what I I don't know and I would love to hear this from her maybe. I would love to hear, well, how how is he treating you? What is he doing for you? What like what makes him so special? And then maybe I would have a different opinion if I heard like, you know, he makes me breakfast every single morning and he says this to me and he does that <laughs> for me. I don't ever hear that. I just hear how obsessed they are with each other. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and a lot of people, I think, would say, well, Courtney and Travis seem obsessed with each other, too. Do you think that Travis is like a love bomber? Because I have seen that phrase thrown around and maybe explain to people what that means. Yeah, I actually wrote an article for Poosh on signs of um, love. Really? Bombing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so amazing. When, <laughs> so it's perfect. When love bombing is excessive, like love and compliments and, and things in the beginning of a relationship before they even know you. So you meet somebody and they're like, Oh my God, you're the love of my life. You're the most amazing woman that I've ever met in my entire life and this and that. And I want to drink your blood, like all that, like <laughs> on the first date. I do think, I mean, listen, like he's gotten tattoos of people's names before. I think he can, he can go into that for sure. Um, but usually it's not like sustainable over time. And usually a love bomber will turn on you or they'll be super into you and then they'll pull away. Or if you don't do what they want, they'll attack you. So I, I don't see that part of it happening, like the secondary part. So I would say mm. he's probably more like, uh, possessive love, a little bit love possessive, a little bit like once you're mine, you're all mine and I'm obsessed with you. But I don't see the negative side of like, but I'm, I'm hating on you and I'm criticizing you and I'm making you feel bad and I'm pulling away and making you crazy kind of thing happening. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Speaking of sustaining a long relationship, what are your thoughts on Pete and Kim? Uh, I mean, girls having fun. <laughs> I mean, there's no way. I mean, I don't think that Pete's going to be like a stepdad to North or anything like that. Um, I don't think Kim Kardashian does anything without intention in mind. Uh, mm. I think she's really smart and very smart about the public image and all that in general. Um, but I think she's having fun. <laughs> I think she's having fun. I think Kanye's a lot. And she was in a situation of, I was actually rooting for them, you know, Kimye, because I felt like she understood him and, and, but I think he, Kanye's a lot and he was a lot at the end. And I think Pete is more fun and more light and will make her laugh and she doesn't have to do so much work. I don't think it's going to be a lasting relationship. I think if it was, we will see him change. Like he's going to get a tanner, like something's going to happen where he morphs. <laughs> Everybody that gets into that world kind of morphs based on what the Kardashians want. So if he's going to stay, I think his appearance will change for sure. I want to get into one more couple before we let you go. We're going to switch over to Netflix and selling sunset stars, Chriselle Stouse and Jason Oppenheim. Have yeah. you watched season four? I have. I have watched season four. It was my least favorite because I feel like all they were doing was talking about like Christine, but um, uh, the whole time <laughs> I want to see more of her relationship too, you know, because I feel yeah. like a, she married him for money partly, obviously, but I think they also do have a connection and that's interesting to me. You know, this is the thing I think with Chriselle, I think she went through that thing with Justin and then she went through the thing with the dancing with the stars guy who was apparently like lying to her or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think He's comforting. She knows him. Oh, I love Chriselle, but every time I see them and they're like, oh, sweetie, sweetie, it just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't feel, unless we're going to see it on season five, I don't feel the, um, I don't feel the passion. I don't feel that coming from them. Like when I see her be like, oh, hey, sweetie. And they're sitting next to each other on the couch. I'm, I've, I'm like, what something is missing? There's some essential energy missing here. And I don't know if it's because it's not there or if it's because they're shy and they're not showing it. We haven't, we never really saw Chriselle with a love interest. They, she didn't feature Justin that much. So I don't know. Is she more reserved with love interests or is there a lack there? My thing is that Chriselle really wanted to be a mom, remember? Like, mm. so I don't want her settling for this relationship if it's not going to provide motherhood for her like she's wanting. I think he's, 
I think he's comfortable and I think he can lift her up. And I think that she needs a little bit of that right now and a safe place. But I don't want her staying there if she's not going to get everything she wants from him. Yeah. Do you think, you know, by the way, the season was edited? And I mean, of course, we're only getting about 30% of the truth in an edited show on Netflix. But do you think that they were hooking up during season four and they were just trying to play it off? Yeah, because remember he kept looking over with the the actor Simu, you know, like they kept showing him like looking over when the actor was there. Yeah. So I do. And at the at the very last episode, she comes into the event and she says, babe, like she called him babe. Um, so I think that it was happening at least at the very, the very end. And I'm excited to see, like, I want to see how she is with him. But again, I'm looking for some more, I don't know, like some more, I love you, some more passion, some more some more something I need from them to tell if it's a really great relationship or not. I feel like we're getting a lot of passion out of Christine and the whole Emma situation. I want to know what you think about that. You know, should Christine, somebody who's married now with a child, have that much emotional baggage towards an ex and a girl who is with her ex? No, no. And I think that the only that maybe she didn't process it or something. And then she just moved on because she was like, I mean, to be that upset about the situation in the past usually indicates that you still have some feelings happening. But she seems very happy with her husband. You know, I don't mm. know. I feel like this whole season was just a lot of like, kind of made up drama that didn't really make any sense, to be honest. But I think that she didn't, I mean, she must have not processed it. Like something must have happened where she pushed that pain away and it didn't come up if she was crying that much over an ex. Usually, I, I mean, you can have an ex that hurts you. And when you talk about it, you don't feel the hurt unless the wound is still open. So that was the weird thing. Like you don't feel the hurt. I could talk about my ex and what he did That's so true. all day long to me. I'm not going to yeah. cry. Because yeah. I'm over it. I mean, it makes for great reality television, which is why we're all here anyways, <laughs> right? Uh, before we wrap up, Nicole, I just want to get your quick thoughts. Any tips for our listeners on how to tell if the person they are talking to is into them? Are there any like red flags that you should run away? And I mean, I know you can't reveal all your secrets because they'd have mm -hmm. to pay you for that. But oh, uh, yeah. just a couple. <laughs> oh my God, I have so much free content on the internet anyway. It's like ridiculous. So. <laughs> Um, but listen, the biggest, one of the biggest red flags is inconsistent attention. And that's because it will hook you. Uh, like if there are rats in a maze in a lab experiment and they want to make them crazy, they give them food inconsistently and it makes them like really agitated and crazy. Like when you don't know when you're going to get the reward, that will hook you. It'll make you crazy. It'll make you addicted. And those are really hard situations to get out of for most people because they're like, give me the love, give me the attention. So if somebody, if somebody comes on too strong, obviously that's a red flag. But if somebody comes in and they're giving you a little bit, then they pull away. Then they're giving you a little bit and you get close and you think everything things working out and then they pull away. Uh, please pull away from those situations quicker because the more you interact with it, you will then become like chemically addicted to this person. And then it's really hard. So usually if they like you, they will let you know, they will tell you with their words, they will show you with their actions. It's not that hard. Now, 
people are people. They might like sometimes get busy, but I was just telling this to somebody. I'm like, if I'm too busy to text my friend back and I wait two days to text her back, usually I'll be like, I'm so sorry. Like I'll say something first to acknowledge Then I'll go on with my message. And like, so if you're dating somebody and you, it's been 10 days since they text you and then they just, this just happened. A client was literally like, oh, I texted this guy. And then he waited 10 days. And in her head, she's like, oh, but you know, he takes a lot of time to process. And I told her, I'm like, can you give all the compassion you're giving and understanding to him, to yourself? And I told her, I'm like, but I, if, if I'm, if I don't respond to my friends that I really care about, I'll say something and then, right. I'll, you know, so if somebody's being inconsistent, then they're coming in, they're popping in, they're popping out and they don't acknowledge the inconsistency, I mean, red flag. They don't give a Run shit. Run away. They don't care. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I have just learned so much. Thank you, Nicole, so much for coming on this week's episode. You guys, you can find her on Instagram at Nicole Moore Love. Her podcast, Love Works with Nicole Moore, and then her website, loveworksmethod.com. Nicole, thank you. Thank you. I told you guys it was a doozy this one, but we learned some things. We spilled some tea. I feel smarter after today's podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, if you want to leave a review, uh, just give a little boop to the five-star rating. If you want to write something nice, I would love that. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you guys again. We'll see you back next week on Morgan's Pop Talks. Bye.